Welcome to the Strip Down Know Nothing podcast, focusing on the bare naked ladies, whether they're novel or trite. From Brian Wilson to Maybe You're Right, we're It's All Been Done, the podcast. In time, I'll see that he's my only friend. It's my co-host, Evan. When he dies, they'll make a list of every love he's never kissed. It's my co-host, Saker. Hey, I was going to talk about this when we got to the actual episode, but... He's describing hell, right? (laughs) (laughs) Some place where they just consistently list your regrets. You took my line again, by the way. We need to have the alert for when we both pick the same. Yeah, uh, bing, 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 bing. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I wouldn't want to be someone's only friend. Would you? Um, no. That seems like like a lot lot of of emotional, mental energy. Yeah, we were talking about best friends the other day, right? We We were were saying, we were saying, are we best friends? And then. I said I didn't want to be a best friend because I feel like that's a lot. That's a lot to put on somebody. And then through my tears, I nodded and said, "Yeah, no, I, I don't want yeah, to be your best to, friend." You were trying to hold it in, I, sure. and I respect that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but you then countered with, "I don't ever want to be anyone's best friend because people change," which is a <laughs> nightmare perspective to have on the world. I think you're taking what I said out of context. Am I? <laughs> what was the context for what you said? I, I don't like I don't know I feel like best friends is like a you said you you said best friends forever and yes. I said I don't want to be your best friend forever <laughs> because people change okay. so that's the full context of my response okay so, so we you can't commit you you're married yeah your partner may change right and then we will be unmarried oh, Jesus <laughs> <laughs> like Holy if my partner fuck. if my partner changes to be not someone i'm compatible like sure. if they become a completely different person why would i stay married to no, someone like that of course you're right yeah, yeah. That, uh, divorce should be un untabooed right so <laughs> I so i mean people change i mean my partner and i have changed it radically since we got married but we grew together rather than apart but if we go to the part where point where we're apart you know I like to think we're both mature enough to walk away. Fucking Jesus. You are a, a cold knife between the <laughs> ribs, my friend. That, or, sorry, my, my co-host. I won't call you a friend. I'm we, too scared of the repercussions. We are friends, Saker. I attached. love you very much. I love you too. As we discussed in our Maybe Katie episode, yes. we do love each other. Um, yeah, okay. Wow. What a way to start this epo yeah, off. And I feel like, I don't know. I just feel like there's like... If you're someone's only friend, there's got to be some codependency in that relationship. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, you will be taken advantage of. Uh, you will be... I mean, that that person... I mean, I guess it's fine to be someone's only friend, but you have to set boundaries. Yeah, and again, I, I think you know, different strokes are different folks. Some people can get through life with just one friend, yeah. I think. But again, that really puts a lot of pressure on the, your single friend to, to provide a lot of emotional support and whatnot. Sure, sure. Right? You know, I, I do feel like it's kind of the same. Well, you know, I think you're making a... I don't know. I think it's kind of the same with co-hosts. Because I, 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 I do things for this podcast, and I go, can't wait to record tomorrow, Ev. And you go... Uh. <laughs> I feel like if I had more co-hosts, you could take a week off. You could rejuvenate. You could feel better. Yeah, that's why you keep bringing all these wonderful guests. <laughs> and in fact, we do have wonderful guests today. We have a selection, a variety, a Whitman's sampler of guests from the Orange Grove, uh, which, as you could tell, I did not write an intro for this part. Um, from the podcast Argonauts, we have Marn from the podcast Citizen 
Hank, we have Jory, and from the podcast Sugar, we're going down podcasting. We have Caitlin. Hi, everybody. Hi. 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 <laughs> oh, boy. Three guests. This is going to be yeah, we've fun. Never had, we've had two before, but we've never had three. We've had two that were at the same computer. Yes, and they had, each had one earbud. <laughs> each had one earbud and <laughs> an ear. Oh, my Again, God. Equally a nightmare, but yes. yeah. Um, so, uh, we wanted to have as, as many people on as possible because I wanted to sort of have like an introduction to the Orange Grove. So, I kind of want to know uh, a little bit about, fuck, I guess like what brought you all to podcasting? I, I, I feel like I have to be teacher and like call on people. <laughs> um, so, Jory, what, what, what's, your, what's your podcast about? Citizen Hank, tell us a little bit about it. So, Citizen Hank is the third podcast that I do now. Uh, I just decided there's not enough uh, niche content out there in the world. So, I thought <laughs> I, need to, I need to share with everyone how much I love the show King of the Hill and I think it's sure. it's a piece of pop culture that like it gets it's kind of coming up, but I think it gets overlooked for like how just how actually smart of a show it is, and I want to delve into it. The name comes from both that that was a that was one of the names for the show they were going with, but I went with it because I think it's funny to call it the Citizen Kane of animated sitcoms. So that's why the, the <laughs> that's why the logo I have for it is just Hank's face. I poorly photoshopped over a scene from Citizen Kane. <laughs> it's so good. It is wonderful. Uh, yeah. Well, your other two, you have, we are a one piece podcast where you are watching one piece oh, an man. episode at a time or episode Forever. a month. Yeah. We, <laughs> Yeah, we literally just talked about that. You're, this, that podcast is going to put you in the ground, buddy. Like you're going to be podcasting for like 60 years. We, we've been doing it for three years now. That one was, uh, I did a, I used to do a radio show at my, uh, at a nearby college because they just opened it up to like a public access thing. And I had Joe on when they were doing music and just we were talking about uh, One Piece off off air and then i got home from recording from like being on air and joe just sent me a message like hey do you would you watch one piece if we did a podcast about it <laughs> and then that's what opened yeah. up this horrifying uh eldritch Fuck. horror nightmare of podcasting <laughs> for both of us sure and just for context you've been doing it for three years and you are on episode 31 yep we're about 300 <laughs> episodes into the show actually we cover like chunks at oh, a time you- <laughs> Oh, okay. That's way better. We were like, he does an episode a month, and it comes out weekly. We like thought- the One Piece is still going and comes out every we week. We thought you were doing it an episode. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness! But that's that is kind of what I loved about it. I thought that you were honestly just trying to kill yourself by doing slower than the release schedule covering One oh, Piece, no, it's, which is good. good it idea. feels like that. That's okay. That'd be awful, just because like there's some episodes where it's like five minutes of intro and recap, then like two minutes of actual <laughs> progression, and then like action stare down scenes. Oh. Ev, that's our next podcast, buddy. We got to pick another. We'll, we'll do. No, Naruto? No, you're not. Okay. Shaking his head. Um, Caitlin, <laughs> can you tell me about uh, Sugar? We're going down podcasting, a very suspiciously familiar podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Sugar, We're Going Down podcasting is uh, a Fallout Boy podcast where mm-hmm. Joe and I randomly uh, roll a, a Fallout Boy song off of the uh Spotify every Fallout Boy song ever playlist, um, <laughs> which is false advertising because fucking 
their first album is not available on Spotify. So, so you'll never cover <laughs> So we'll never album. cover them. Um, <laughs> Wait, you've committed to the Spotify bit so much that you're just giving up. <laughs> no, I, Joe and I have like, not like argued like in a bad way, but we've like been trying to figure out what we're going to do because I really sure. like evening out with your girlfriend. I probably don't now. But I did really like it, and I really want to cover it. But they're like, how are we going to do it? Um, right. So, I don't know. We're still figuring that out. But, yeah, we roll a random Fall Out Boy song, and then we do uh, critical analysis of it, and also, like, play-by-plays of the music videos. And uh, it's a lot of suffering, generally. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. With some, with some good things uh, thrown in there. It's also fun because I haven't heard a lot of music post Save Rock and Roll. So pretty much anything after Save Rock and Roll that we're listening to is something that I'm listening to for the first time, <laughs> um, which has been fun. Um, yeah. yeah. That, that, sounds, that sounds delightful. We've had, we've had people on here who do music podcasts like alphabetically. We're doing ours chronologically, but random is the fucking way to go. <laughs> yeah. We, well, we were going to do it by album and then we were like, oh, that might get boring. So then Joe was just like, what if we just fucking randomly picked them? And I was like, sure, let's do it. I just, I do love that it's an arbitrary challenge that you set for yourselves. Like, you have no context about like, well, this is sandwiched between these two songs. So maybe they were trying to do it. You're just like, nah, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. fine. <laughs> yep. Lovely. And that's it's, good. you know, speaking of things that will never end, that's us too. <laughs> <laughs> well, Fall Out Boy is finite, right? How many? Does, I mean, they just I mean, put out a new song. Oh, really? They're still making music. So as long as they are wow. making music, we are bound. Yeah, you're contractually obligated by yeah. the pact you signed. This is our curse. Devil. We said it, like our intro is literally until we die and oh, it's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you'll catch up, right? Will you catch up? Probably. The thing is, the newer records are a lot shorter than the older records. Like we're okay. already like over halfway done with Mania, I think. And the podcast oh, wow. isn't even a year old. Jealous. Um, yeah, that must be nice. But, we're staring down the barrel of like eight more bare naked lady albums. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but we still have like a ton of the first couple albums to do. I don't even think we've touched like a quarter of Infinity on High yet. So no fun. Yeah, that also makes it really hard to determine where you are. <laughs> yeah, like, we. Have, I have no idea. Yeah. Literally, I was talking to someone who wanted to guest and talk about Mania, and they were like, here's yeah. a song I want to talk about. And I was like, okay, I don't think we've done that. And then Joe messaged me, and they were like, we've done that. you got to pick a different one. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, Joe was talking to me, and, and they said, uh, you know, oh, we should have you on. I was like, here's the five I know. And I think you both were like, I don't know what we've done and what we haven't done out of these, which was a beautiful moment. Yeah, it's been a long uh, year. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Um, Marn, uh, Argonauts. Uh, tell me a little bit about Argonauts. So Argonauts is a show where I explain alternate reality games to my co-host Andrew, uh, <laughs> and he tries to solve them as I'm explaining them to him. <laughs> <laughs> It's so good. What a good, because all of these are from like 2008, 9, 10, so 90% of the resources don't exist anymore. <laughs> Yeah, um, a lot of them I just get blessed and I find wikis for and I don't have to do uh, any of the work, but sometimes I have to, like, dig up forum posts from, like, 2009. <laughs> <laughs> that is a blast, yeah. Um, yeah, it is it is so much fun. You you two have such good, fun chemistry, too, so <laughs> it's a good time. Uh, so I don't, I want to know, I want to know about each of your, like, musical 
tastes as well. Um, but I have no idea where to fucking start. How about this? Bare Naked Ladies, there's a starting point. How are, are any of you familiar with or have ever given a shit about the Bare Naked Ladies? Bazinga. <laughs> Nicely done. <laughs> That's a, kind of. That, that's like <laughs> I was listening to it, and I I realized like I hadn't even like consciously heard one week, so I I listened wow. I listened wow. to the, your oh episode on one week because that's like their most sure. popular song. So I was like, so I could like <laughs> see, get prepared for this, and I was like, I don't think I've listened to this. I know the Big Bang Theory song, but other than that, yeah. I don't think I've ever really listened to the band at all, and. I, Jory, you're living a cursed existence where Big Bang Theory is the only like. <laughs> not that it's any more blessed if you would know more Bare Naked Lady songs, but the fact that that's the only one is a nightmare. I have a quick question with it because it made me think about how Bowling for Soup at whenever they play concerts, they play the Phineas and Ferb theme song. Like that's a staple of their set list. Like they do it. The answer to the question you're about to ask is yes, they do, and people go crazy. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Yep, they do an extended version of it, not the TV version. Ooh, even oh better. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's fucked up. It feels like you're in some sort of uh, dream that you you have a fever and something is happening and people are freaking out about the bare naked ladies or, or Bing Bang Theory around you. Actually, it's it's weird because in high school I was super into the bare naked ladies, but I was also super into Steve Burns, who was Steve from Blues Clues, his band. Mm. And oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so when they spun off the Big Bang Theory into Young Sheldon, Steve Burns does the theme song for that. It's one of the songs from his first album from like 2003, which is bizarre, but <laughs> oh, wow. they have a weird eclectic taste in music. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, it's wild as fuck. <laughs> um, yeah, how about, how about, uh, how about you, uh, Caitlin? Um the my main familiarity with the bare naked ladies comes from when I was in fourth grade. Um, my teacher used if I had a million dollars as a teaching tool. Um, oh, yeah, it was like a whole thing where we had to like, it was like a writing assignment of like, what would you do if you had a million dollars? Which I feel uh. like is a dumb thing to have children who have no concept of money do. Um, <laughs> sure. But yeah, so that was the, my main familiarity with them for a very long time. Um, and I mostly just remember all of the kids in our class being very scandalized by the name of the band because we were all like eight. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah, that's mostly. And then, yeah, I am aware of the uh, Big Bang Theory Sure. Uh, as well but other than that i have not listened to a ton of God. uh bare naked lady totally okay that is actually doubly funny for me like playing that song for kids like were you guys like cracking up at like the john merrick references and like k car i don't think <laughs> like, we like understood a lot of it if i'm being really of course honest not. yeah like not i feel like all of us were just like huh yeah i would like buy an <laughs> emu that that's a mood like sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, the Elephant Man references went over your head. That's a real bummer for fourth graders. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Marn, what about you? Uh, I Well, I'm surprised I've listened to Bare Naked Ladies the most out of all three of us. But um, I still have only probably listened to like 10 Bare Naked Ladies songs ever in my life. That's a lot. That's yeah, more that's than the number good. of hits they had. <laughs> Um, but I like They Might Be Giants a lot, and I feel like they're kind of sister bands, so I've always kind of been aware of the presence of Bare Naked Ladies <laughs> in music. 
<laughs> yep. Uh, listeners, check your bingo cards off. We had a guest on and they said the words, they might be giants, <laughs> which is everybody's like introductory drug to like bare naked mm-hmm. ladies. Yeah. Or Weird Al. Or Weird Al. Yeah. This, <laughs> one uh, of those two venues. This uh, v- Listening to one week b- just to see what the most popular song is solved like a long time internet mystery I've had because mm-hmm, I'll see mm-hmm. people reference the it's been a lot and in my braid i always think they're going to go for a reference of a band i like modern baseball with their song uh your graduation <laughs> which it's been three whole years and mm-hmm. i now finally get that they're not referencing the band i know but a much more popular band <laughs> <laughs> sure oh i Jory, think- have you seen the fan theory that one week is about a guy who killed his wife <laughs> <laughs> they, they explained that in the podcast and i was like that that has to be it right <laughs> Oh, it's so good. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I think the whole album stunt might be uh, a confession, to be honest with you. It's a whole murder narrative, the the album that that one is on. Who Needs Sleep is about how, you know, his partner is going to sleep forever. It's horrifying. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> uh, it's all been done. He tracks this person down and kills them over and over again through history. Through history, yeah. Yes. Time traveling. Yeah, it's uh, horrifying. Kills every <laughs> incarnation back to the beginning. It helps set them free, right? Yeah, yeah. God, I, I am so, I'm jealous of you, Jory, that you are like tabula rasa just like you're a precious baby out of the you didn't know it's been was a reference to bare naked ladies that delights me and instead thought it was a much more obscure oh modern baseball of course yes, yes. <laughs> a reference to tuvian throat singing that it, ha- it must be tuvian it's like the 10th time i fucked up tuvian i first said peruvian so i've come a long way yeah in. yeah i'm getting you there <laughs> you're getting me all right uh well i guess Without further ado, then, let's jump on into this week's song. Listeners, if you've never heard this week's song, it's called Next Time. So, if you've never heard it, here's a quick sample. You can always get it right next time, next time. So, um, am I fair to assume, the three of you, that you had never heard this song before? Uh, Yes. (laughs) Somewhat. Right? (laughs) Somewhat? You are a conundrum. Here's here's the thing. When I first started playing to, to it, like listening to it, I was like, this sounds like the the like resting track of Emotion City soundtrack album is my first thought. Oh, okay. I'm totally unfamiliar. I'm going to put that in right now. He sings in Bare Naked Ladies, but he sounds like a slightly, like, lower-pitched of a John... of a... Pierre from Motion City Soundtrack. Wow. That's the first Um, time we've ever gotten that comparison. Hmm. Huh. Interesting. I I totally hear that, actually. <laughs> Wait, so are you, Jory, then counting that as, yes, I've sort of heard this before? It, it's, it, I was, I don't know what I was expecting, but I wasn't okay. expecting a familiar sound. And okay. as soon as I played it, it was like, 
This this is close enough to stuff I listen to. He sounds like Justin Courtney Pierre. I don't know how I haven't actually listened to this band and how almost everyone I've like hung out with and have common music taste with have never told me to listen to this band. It is totally fine. Do not feel like <laughs> you are less than for not having listened <laughs> to the Vinegar Ladies. Um yeah, okay, uh but uh but Martin and Caitlin, you were both no's, correct? Yes. Yeah, no, I'm not yeah. this song before. <laughs> So what was what was your first initial impression of it? My first impression it's, was it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's Oh man. Uh it's so funny because like this I, I mean I I don't I don't want to tip my hand uh, to the ending, but like this was kind of a standout for me because we've kind of been mired in like middling songs for all. So for one to come along like this, it was like, oh <laughs> shit, breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. I yeah. Um but yeah, I could totally see this being a fine song to just stumble into on YouTube. Um yeah, anything stand out f- about it musically or lyrically or anything that we can dig into first. I feel really bad because this feels like an episode of my show, because I'm like it was fine. I don't really have that much to contribute. Um, I wrote down when I was listening to it that it sounds like a Colin Hay song, and then I googled it, and Colin Hay has played with Bare Naked Ladies before, and I was shocked to find that out. Yeah, that's an interesting... Oh, I like that a lot. Sure, it does kind of sound like a Colin Hay song. I could totally hear that. Um, yeah, it's 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 kind of big. It's bombastic. It's dynamic. Ev, what did you think, having uh, not heard this song before? I really like the like almost like church organ opening. It was like a very '60s sort of ambiance for me. <laughs> yeah. Like, and then the keyboard cuts in, and I'm like, bam! And I felt like I, f- I never felt my elder millennial sense <laughs> tingling so much as like when that keyboard cuts in as like a counter melody, and I'm like, oh my god, this is like Wolf Parade. It's like you know, like the electronic keyboard cutting in is such an early aughts thing. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, I really enjoy that. Oh, and the, I liked the, you know me, and I, I love my waltzes. Yeah. So it had like the waltz tempo. Three fourths time. It's yeah, so three cool. four time is good. And, and I feel like we caught glimpses of this that we haven't caught on previous albums, like of a depth of musicality. And I, I know I've mentioned that before, but I feel like this album, they're really like, this album's deep, like musically. Yeah, we we are going. We're hitting. Yeah, considering the opening was like this weird piano ballad, we're hitting some strange points in here, and it is. That producer, that new producer's got him. Anianello, uh, Ron Anianello. Yeah, he, it's a good thing for them, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I agree that I wrote down the the opening too. Like, it's a powerful build. It's like something they usually save for like the bridge, but it's like immediately like building up to this big thing, like ten seconds into the song. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt like they were swinging for the fences like immediately as and, soon as this kind of opened. And xylophone? And xylophone! <laughs> Fuck yeah, xylophone, why not? <laughs> you can count on me to mess it up. You can count on me. Yeah, a lot of, of weird instruments on this one, too. Uh, yeah, I like that. Big steel sounding guitar. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, during the, the sort of heaven section that reminded me a lot of tonight is the night i fell asleep at the wheel but yeah like this the acoustic was like imitating a harp there um it was just cool there's a lot of cool stuff going on here you can always get it right next time next time you can always get it right next time yeah like again i i had mentioned on previous episodes that i listened to everything to everyone quite a lot in college Mm -hmm. but this song was not part of my memory and it's amazing that it wasn't because like 
it's it's a standout track i don't know mm-hmm. it's it's real cool the chorus kind of feels i like i like his sort of like rushing on the the like pushes the words together next time next time like he always like goes in real quick with that and i think i that really enjoyed it because it made the chorus really <laughs> pop for me i don't know Stephen Page plop for me, if you know it's what I mean. Stephen Page is plopping. Dude, he's a plopper. I got to right. tell you. And this is such a Stephen Page song, too. Like, How so? How not so? <laughs> it's like, just, yeah, it's a bad it's boyfriend a, It's song. a boyfriend, a song about a guy who is fundamentally fucking up. Yeah. Um, and maybe, maybe just fucking up and being just a bad boyfriend, or maybe like literally gaslighting his, I want to throw this to the, uh, to the guests, like uh-huh. the lines like, the first, even the first stanza, you can count on me to mess it up. You can count on me to let you down again. And in time, you'll see I'm your only friend. You can count on me to mess it up. You can count on me to let you down again. And in time, you'll see that I'm your only friend. You can always get That's gaslighting, right? Am I, am I wrong to think that? I feel like it's maybe not gaslighting just because they're being weirdly honest about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it does. It feels very like pity martyrdom. Like, uh, fuck, I'm such an idiot. I fucked it up again. Like like sort of emotional manipulation. Like, yeah, Yeah. I'm going to screw it up. But you know what? You know what? I'm all you got. Like, like it was that last line that really like stuck it to me. Yeah. It's real slimy. <laughs> yeah, this is Steve at his slimiest, I guess, right? But he finally does admit that he's a time traveler. Yes, I wrote down time travel in here too. <laughs> yes. Okay. It's so like we... we've been doing a podcast for six and a half years. <laughs> we we have this this theory that the main singer of Bare Ladies is a time traveler. Could have prevented the 9-11 attacks, which we don't talk about a lot. Um, so... So uh, yeah. So this is so good. Do your time traveler yeah, read here. You can get it right next time. Okay, no, that's all. It's, uh, sure. he's, he's explicitly saying it. This is the first time in any song he's explicitly said you that can he's get a time right. traveler. We, we're in a time loop here, yes. right? Where he's right. Groundhog Day in it. He's. I feel like Groundhog in it is like when you like groundhog have to take it. a shit and it's like halfway out. So he's Groundhog in it. And but yeah, I think like, Groundhog in it is where you poop in a hole in the ground. Oh, is it? Okay, got it. And then a talking tree grows there. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so you know, it's something. It's something he did. Something horrible, right? Something that turned his whole community. Away from him, and something that he has the opportunity to fix or address if he goes back and does it again, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I did read this song like some sort of time loop, which is really fucking like sci-fi read, but I think it could be apropos here. Also, you could throw it like it's like a pity party song sort of thing too, where he's like, "Yeah, I fucked everything up," and he's saying, "You can always get it right next time." So like, <laughs> oh, so he's saying like, "Yeah, you're don't even waste your time on me. Like, I am just I'm just garbage. You know, I'm a sack of like I'm a." A sack of burning shit like don't don't just you can get it right next time okay <laughs> yeah but i but i'm counting on you to get it right next yeah. time sure well, yeah i wondered if the you was uh, himself or a third party like is the one who he's the only friend of because that other guy their life is shit if steven page is their only friend <laughs> yikes this yeah. is i mean this is hell i think this we might hell. be in hell in this song <laughs> so maybe it is maybe it's, think- oh go ahead I just, I think the orange gross is just slowly realizing that we are all in hell. <laughs> actually, I think the network is just hell. This is where we all go to die, but they do do the hosting costs for us. So there's a little slice of heaven. <laughs> <in hell. Yeah. laughs> 
just keeps us in. <laughs> keeps it's a good the, deal. Keeps us there, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, with having Steve as an only friend, with constantly being trapped in your worst moment ever, uh-huh. like you'll get it right next time and then you go back and you've forgotten that you're a time traveler and like you fuck it up in the exact same way again <laughs> oh, no. like uh. or ultimately this is a this is a the same the same narrator as it's all been done and he's reincarnating over and over again okay so this is like a he's like trying to convince himself right now that he's gonna he's just gonna commit suicide and try it all over again oh no but he's going back and okay yeah, oh, i mean he Jesus. knows he's, he knows he's gonna be reincarnated yeah like, Okay. Which, which takes a lot of the onus off of suicide, right? Sure, right. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Like, oh, yeah, I- I'm coming back. I'm going to get it right next time. Yeah. This time for sure. Well, I mean, he even says, like, it's a shame I have to wait until the ending. So maybe he's not going to wait this time. Maybe yeah. he's just going to speed the ending along. He's like, I have fucked up before and died of old age. Not for me. Fuck, like, this is a wild fucking take, right? Comforting yourself with the thought that you fucked up so bad <laughs> and your life is so bad that you hope reincarnation is real. Like, <laughs> man, next time I go around, my life fucking sucks. But next time, boy, I'll get him then. Like, yeah, this song is <laughs> dark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really, like, pick up on a lot of this when I was listening to it. I was just kind of, like, gently bopping. And now sure. I'm like... Huh. I, I wrote down that it was the dark twin of their song Odds Are, which is a later oh. song. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, way later. But yeah, okay, because yeah, Odds Are is all about like, yeah, things are going to be okay. <laughs> <Sure>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I could see that. Um, I, I was seeing it as him just like talking to himself and like oh. uh, lines like, uh, you'll see that I'm your only friend felt like his like reasoning as to why they stick around him like he's so down he's just like well if they had other friends they wouldn't even pick me because i just fuck up all the time <laughs> oh god <laughs> yeah Jesus. yeah that might be it i mean sure um yeah and then i i think you know comfort and community obliterated like he thinks he did something that his friends will never forgive him for humiliated i could certainly see that yeah absolutely i think that's that is so bizarre this i mean this is and i know that you folks don't have the context for it but this like stephen page the the most of the time lead singer has about 400 songs in the five albums we've covered so far about him being a bad boyfriend so this is kind of like the ultimate culmination of all of that i feel like he's branching out a little bit in this one in this one He's had ones before where he's like, I'm bad, but I'm taking ownership of it. I'm bad, but here's what I can do better. This one, he's like, I'm bad. I fucked up. My life sucks. <laughs> well, that's him. He's talking to himself. He's talking to his partner. He's saying, I'm bad. I fucked up. You should do, you can do better than me. But then why does he say you're my, or I'll be your only friend? That doesn't seem like something that you would say to someone. I don't know who you're trying to comfort. Unless. Unless. <laughs> I have nothing to follow okay. that up with. <laughs> I was furiously thinking. Um, yeah, this uh, this song does keep you on the edge of your seat. You're right; it's in waltz time. Mm-hmm. But then, as soon as they come back from the bridge, the every other instrument is playing in three four time, but the drums are playing in two four time, mm-hmm. and it throws my shit off every time. Like it blew my mind musically, but fuck, I I loved it so so much. It's a shame. Till the end, everything I've yet to break is surely bending. 
is a uh, uh, God. Kev is a wonder on that keyboard. Though. Kevin is a wonder on the keyboard. Um, when they cut off on the second chorus, they cut off from next time. Usually they repeat it like next time, next time. And this time they go next time and they just jump right into the verse. Like mm-hmm. this song made me, I mean, it scared me. It made me scared. It made me cry. <laughs> like, like tube and throat singing. <laughs> yes. Like tube and throat singing. It made me scared. I don't know. Like there's a lot of dynamism. The riff remained the same, but I felt like personnel was switching off as we move along. I don't know. There was so much fucking going on in this one. Is there like a string instrument in the bridge? I wrote that down, but I didn't know if I was just like that, hearing things. <laughs> I. It sounds like the part where it's sort of like uh, uh, the part where it talks about all the loves you've never kissed yeah. or whatever it is. I. be jim bowing his base it could be jim bowing his base he can as go well. real high on that fingerboard and get like a get he can get surprisingly high pitched sounds out of that instrument yeah and then we have we kind of bookend this song with like moments of peacefulness too we have that like soft intro and then at the end we have like a sweet like disney movie or like mm-hmm. you're tucking your child into bed <laughs> this <is> weird so <laughs> After the the bridge that the, the and the words like this that this mess I make is worth defending like Steve lays into that vocally oh man but he doesn't go overboard yeah which I think shows a lot more maturity remember like uh, what was the one break your heart break your heart where he just goes wasted he just throws time. throws the doors open I yeah. felt like he was a little bit more restrained in a good good way here yeah I think like, I think I if would... he had gone full break your heart mode it would have been too much And to follow that up with the quiet part is just like, so good. (laughs) It's just, this whole song is like a push and pull. There's so much like dichotomy going on here. Like, man, this song is like fucking, I'm going to tip my hand already, but this song fucking it plops. Rocks. It, it plops. plops. <laughs> this song plops as hell, bro. <laughs> this song plops <laughs> AF. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, what, what else? Uh, I'm sorry. Our guests are so good and so patient <laughs> and so quiet. Is there anything else that stood out to you folks? I like the backing vocals a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the BNL like harmonies is yeah, like that's, their, a, that's they, sort of their signature move. Yeah, yeah. And they're they're fucking great on this song. They like I think all of them are getting involved instead of just the main yeah. two, which is cool. And the uh, the stanza like when you die, they make a list of every love you ever kissed. It's that whole entire thing, uh, I got sort of a lounge singer vibe from Steve. Really? Like where he was, he was just kind of like I could just see him in a smoky piano bar, just okay. uh, singing, singing that <laughs> on top a, of the piano into a beer, his... into a beer, a beer smelling microphone. Oh, oh, okay, okay, very different type of sure, sure, yeah, I could see that too. Um, yeah, okay. There's, this is so specific, and I'm going to put the clip in here, as I always do. There's a drum fill at 323 that lasts for seven goddamn <laughs> seconds. This belongs in the canon. Phil Collins, uh-huh. Tyler fucking Stewart from Bare Naked Ladies. He's going fucking nuts with this drum fill. It's unbelievably good. I don't know. It blew my mind. Like, I feel like we've gotten some good ones on this album, but their heart was 
in this. I don't know. I, I feel like so far this has been a real a, a, a standout. I said it before. Yeah. Say it again. It's a good one. Um, yeah. Why do you th- let's let's kind of dig a little more into the lyrics. Why do you think he feels like he has to defend his mess? Because like, he hesitates on opportunities, right? So like he's talking about like, well, you know, I hesitate. Maybe I shouldn't. But then he's like, but I I got to tell people that this wasn't my fault, right? Well, I think that he's he's trying to convince. If we're going with the the talking to himself read, he's trying to convince himself that like his life isn't worth living. Is what how I read that. Fuck. Because he's saying like. Yeah, I'm gonna fuck everything up. Every promise I make, I break. You know, I, you know, I, I'm just pretending that this life is even worth holding on to. Is what is, is the inevitable read that you could take from that line based on the consensus read we're taking from this song. <laughs> the inevitability. Wow. The uh. Yeah, I mean, this like the the second verse is like pretty bleak, especially <laughs> at the end. Yeah. Like. Which I guess is a mood, but <laughs> damn, you don't have to be so blunt about it. Big mood. The the uh the feeling I was getting from the second verse when he says like it's a shame I'll have to wait until the ending is that he knows if someone else is confronting him about his bullshit, it'll get him to snap in a change. Like he's aware of it, but he can't get oh. himself to do it. But if someone was right off like here's all the stuff you've screwed up in the past because of hesitation or bad cho- bad choices, bad decisions, whatever he would change but no one's going to wow. do that for him because he's the only one who's aware of a lot of this so yeah uh, he needs an outside source to help him yeah another Stephen page narrator desperately in need of counseling <laughs> yeah <laughs> therapy is the answer therapy. to yeah 90 percent of their songs <laughs> um boy yeah that i guess that that could be fuck yeah, I, I just feel bad when I listen to Bare Naked <laughs> Ladies, and I'm not sure it's how long we've been doing this. Or... Well, that's sort of that's sort of Stephen Page's shtick, though, is giving you like a real beautiful melodic sort of song, and then just slipping in some like self-deprecating narcissistic like nihilism. Yeah, like that's just sort of his that's sort of his bag. It's like a one-two punch. My brand is self-deprecating nihilism. <laughs> like, what a fucking brand to it's be like associated into with. like a Snickers bar, but inside is like oil. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that's actually kind of the perfect Or like raw egg. I think it still no. has Yeah, it's 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 edible, mm-hmm. but it's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't want And maybe it still or, even has or, the nougat. Or it's know? like or it's like biting into a, eating an entire Snickers bar and be like, that was a pretty okay Snickers bar, but then you like turn it over and read the back, and the back is like nails, oil, <laughs> ground up bricks. Like because so, it's a palatable song. If you weren't listening to the lyrics, if you weren't dr- drilling yeah. down into it. Sure. Ma- made in a factory that also produces human remains. Yes. It's what it says on <laughs> yes. the back of the wrapper. Yeah, and you're like, oh shit. <laughs> oh, what the fuck. fuck did I just eat? Oh. I was bopping to this song. <laughs> yeah. I feel uh, like this and there's is the kind I feel like this is the kind of song you hear on the radio and you like don't really pay attention to it and you're like, oh, it's a pretty song, and then you like look it up on Spotify later and you're like, oh my god. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, what's Evan, what's the song The Way? Is that the song? Oh the yeah, Fastball. Fastball, yeah. yeah. Where about it sounds like a great song, but it's about two old people going into the desert to, to die. die together. Yes. Like, <laughs> Jesus. Very, very poignant song. Yeah, but they it sounds like a bop. Yeah. Which, yeah, it certainly is too. Um fuck, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely been my experience with this song, because I only listened to it once, like, 20 minutes before we started, (laughs) and I was just like, oh, yeah, this is a bop, okay, (laughs) and then I pulled it up on Genius, and I was like, oh, (laughs) oh, no. I I try to stay away from the Genius, because I don't want to be, like, super biased, but, like, does Genius agree that this is dark as fuck? Yes. Um, I haven't read any of the annotations, (laughs) although the song's biography itself is unreviewed. Okay. Um, (laughs) 
which is great. Um, I haven't clicked any of the annotations, but just looking at these lyrics, I'm like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I... This is uh, darker than I realized. <laughs> the annotations are also unreviewed, but they are just as bleak. For the first verse, the, uh, user Ethanol T says, when the narrator was given a chance to do something that would benefit him, he ended up throwing it away, embarrassing himself far too much. <laughs> <laughs> I love that he's just restating the lyrics. I love it so much. Yeah. Genius is he the seemed to be surrounded by friends. I think they all are restating the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're all like, yeah. The first one has a picture, uh, a very funny procrastination meme in it. From like 2007. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I love God bless genius.com. What a fucking it's mess. so good. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I, and I agree. And there's a lot to bop to in this song. Like the breakdown is fucking great. And the key, I love the keyboard bumps. Like mission bump, bump. And every time he finishes a line in one of those first two verses, the keyboard goes bump, bump. <laughs> as if to kind of like underscore. Well, like, that's waltz. You that's, heard it that's, here. That's the, the downbeat of the waltz. Yeah, it's like that. It's a waltz. Evan! <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but come on, it's Believe me, I isolate that keyboard like nobody's been. I'm, I'm a herniac. I got that Kev. I got that fever, and I need more keyboard. It's the only answer. Give it to, give it to me, okay? <laughs> give it to me. Give it to me. Okay. I agree. Mess it up. Just like uh, earlier in this album. So last producer we had, Don Waz, was obsessed with um, reverse with guitar, guitars. Yeah. This producer is obsessed with panning things per ear. Like oh. this song, we have a panning, mm. like acoustic is in the right ear and the keys are in the left ear exclusively. Like producers have these fucking idiosyncrasies that they refuse to let go of throughout entire <laughs> albums. And it, well, like any artist, they have their toolbox, right? I guess. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean... It's That's just like it when you have like 10 tools in your toolbox, you shouldn't use every one on every song, I feel <laughs> like. <laughs> hey, when all you got's a hammer, everything looks like a nail. <laughs> Am I right? True. The nails that are in there are your delicious Snickers bar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also produces human remains. Uh, yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, I think the only notes that I have are on other versions that I wanted to talk about very briefly. So um, do you folks have any other quick notes that we didn't handle? The answer, answer is no. <laughs> I, I think it's like a quick, the keyboard is part of what re reminded me of like Motion City soundtrack. And I, I have to know if whoever plays keyboard for Bare Naked Ladies does handstands on their keyboard like the guy from Motion City soundtrack. Because that'd, be that'd be really cool. That would be cool. But I don't think, <laughs> I don't feel like Kevin has like the, like, upper body strength yeah. to do that yeah we ha we, ha <laughs> we have little uh, uh head cannons for each yeah. of the members and kevin is our baby bird yeah, so <laughs> kevin's like the guy who like who like he'll like i bet kevin is more likely to like before every concert like kneel down and like whisper softly to his keyboard for a half hour before he starts <laughs> yeah. playing it like that's my head cannon you're for gonna kevin. do so good tonight yeah. little baby make boy such beautiful music together <laughs> yeah. that is 100 percent kevin love you so much <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, handstands, hand but I want to see them both on stage together. I want to see a piano bar duel between Motion City Guy, <laughs> who is bombastic Kevin, and, and Kevin himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I want. Um, yeah, fuck, you guys, you're all too polite. You need to stop being so polite. <laughs> start getting real. <laughs> start getting real. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to assume that there are no other notes on this. Um, 
Ev, real yeah. quick, and I hate to to leave these folks out, but did you listen to any of the versions of this? Yeah. Okay, do you want to talk about it? I want to listen to you talk about it. All right, the acoustic version. Um, there's a little piano intro from Kev that's totally beautiful, totally different. The first chorus is just piano and voice. It sounds classical. This version is gorgeous. Then a tuba comes in mm-hmm. in the second. <laughs> you, you know I love my brass. What the f- God, what a mood. <laughs> that's also, it's like an oompa. Like, so that's also sort sure, of a waltz, waltz. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I but love it. No, it is a band. Burp, <laughs> Yeah, it, that, it's, it's. Truly, like a way more gorgeous version until we get those, like, ark, ark, like a fucking Canadian goose is in no, this recording studio. Love it. Give me more. Um, on Ships and Dip, which for our guests, Bernie Ladies had a cruise for many years called Ships and Dip that you could go on. Um, the ships, right. <laughs> yeah, just for I was going to ask if they had a cruise. Yeah, so, oh, <laughs> of course. I knew it was on one of your minds. Um, the. Just- <laughs> The, uh, the lead singer, Steve, looks like he just fell off the boat in this <laughs> version of his hair is wild and his suit is tattered and it is a look <laughs> for sure. Um, it's kind of like the acoustic version, um, except Tyler waits to make the song hard. He waits for the drums to come in until after Steve finishes his, oh, well, which oh, I didn't mention. Steve's oh wells when he does them three times, he like subtly modulates them in this mm-hmm. song and makes them sound slightly sadder every time. Yes. He's a fucking sad sack. <laughs> but he's so good at being a sad sack that it's hard to like have issue with. Oh well. Oh. There's a version with the London Orchestra. Mm-hmm. Which is fucking crazy. Always at an orchestra. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is a Steve-less version. This is after he left the band. Jim takes over. Um, it sounds like he's ahead of the music, weirdly. Did you note that as well? He's pushing the beat. Yeah. He's definitely pushing it. Um, he does not do it as well. Uh, Kev does the bridge. It's perfect as a, I wrote, a hurt bird solo. Because <laughs> like, that bridge is so sad anyway. And Ed takes over on the final chorus. It's a cool display of everyone's strengths, I guess. <laughs> Sounds like you're really, really going to bat for that. <laughs> I was not that, that into it. I just thought it was cool that they each sang a little it's bit. It's nice that they all got a, got a chance to talk. You know. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. So that was uh, that was all the cool alternate versions I could find. Um, Ev. Yeah. Do you want to give me a little bit of an alternate read for this? Absolutely. As we all know, um, Steve, and, Steve and Paige, huge anime fan. So every single song in this album is written about a semi-obscure or pretty popular, actually, in this case, yeah. uh, 90s anime. Right. And this is, of course... <laughs> this is this is a lie. Please don't tell our listeners. <laughs> I think... <laughs> <laughs> what? I, I think Marn went, huh. No. <laughs> so I'm telling them that this is not true. But we're reading every we're reading every song as if it's about an, a, a 90s anime for this uh, this album. <laughs> is this one about fucking Evangelion? Because uh, it should be. Close. could very Ooh. well... Fuck, actually, Ooh. because Evangelion has time loops, too. Or uh, supposed ones in the movies. That's too easy a reach. Oh, fuck. And the main characters of Evangelion aren't that much of a sad sack. Are you kidding me compared to fucking griffith okay. in berserk this, this, this song is just about shinji this is what he's listening to on his <laughs> yeah shinji is the saddest <laughs> boy in the world he's just listening to this on repeat on his cassette player yeah I, see <laughs> yeah this is what's actually playing on that fucking cassette <laughs> On his damn walk. This is the song that he and Asuka synced up to. I'm fairly sure. So how, was the, 
Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Actually, <laughs> we have my mind went my to read. Kaiji because I've been watching Kaiji. <laughs> oh, oh, sure. Kaiji Wait, was that '90s or was that? Uh, I think it's a little bit more recent. Yeah, yeah. I think that, yeah, it's more recent. Oh yeah, but I can definitely see this being about yeah the eternal loser Kaiji. Absolutely. <laughs> That's see, my only knowledge of anime is like random stuff that I've picked up from culture that I've been like I should watch this, and then like just the bizarre as fuck anime my girlfriend yeah. has me watch with her, and so like. Evangelion is the only touch point I've got, but <laughs> I feel like it's very... You had one reference, but it was so fucking pointed. You had the exact key for this lock, I exactly. think. <laughs> like, even so much that Ev and I both just looked at each other right now and said, we'll save the anime that we actually had the read for for later, because Ava is yeah. way better. You are 100% on point. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, this one is clearly about Ava. Uh, it's about how um, it's about how Kaoru uh, is planning on getting it right next time because we've talked about in the movies how you know he said, "Oh, it's not going to be like it was last time." Um, yeah, I'm your only friend. I mean, this could be straight Ooh. up like Shinji and Gendo. Like, I'm your family. Like, you have to do what I say. I'm your only friend. Um, fuck, this is hard to improvise straight off the bat. But mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I definitely think that there's a lot of you know obviously humiliation wasted opportunities uh-huh. um that's kind of the giant robots giant robots, robots like in the song <laughs> yeah absolutely you can always count on me to mess it up is talking about the landscape of tokyo after the angel yeah. battles oh yeah i mean well, <laughs> comfort and community literally obliterated literally obliterated yeah absolutely <laughs> god and, do you think there are any ava bare naked ladies amvs out there oh, oh i'm my gonna look right fu- now please yeah i'm do. about to google it and i think uh when steve's saying it's a shame i have to wait until the ending it was a meta commentary about how the ending of ava was not very well received by its fans uh, and the end of Evangelion was put as sort of the uh, the stand-in canon for what was going on there. So Steve was very, very aware of what he was doing in this song. <laughs> oh, there is, but it's to the Big Bang Theory theme. Oh, <laughs> oh this is a pirate. This is like a pirated version of the theme song that shows the laugh oh. track at the beginning. Oh, oh no. <laughs> recorded it off their TV. Uh, Ev, I think we're ready to rate this song. Yeah. All right. So, as everyone already knows very clearly, our rating system runs on a scale of bare naked to fully clothed. The more clothes this song has <laughs> on, the less good it is. The more naked this song is, the better. So, as usual, we'll give our guests a little time to think. Well, Ev, mm-hmm. you tell me, what is this song to you? Oh, well, glad you asked, Saker. Uh, it's <laughs> tomorrow. I'm too. I wake up in the morning, stretch, get my little breakfast, some tea, uh-huh. some girl gray tea. I'm like, ah, well, I woke up a little bit early. That's okay. Um, get dressed. Or actually, I wake up. For some reason, I wake up with all my clothes on. Okay, <laughs> sure. I'm like, what? That was odd. Okay. But okay. They're all cleanly pressed. I got a nice little, I got my button down. I got my pants on, sure. socks, shoes, all that good stuff. Walk outside. Bam. Something hits me in the head. Dead. Okay. Great. Then I wake up back in my bed. <laughs> sure. Live, die, repeat. Exactly as before, but I'm missing a shoe. Oh, no. And I'm like, what the hell just what the hell just happened? So I'm like going through my day, kind of like, clock. maybe this must, I can't find my fucking shoe. I'm like, well, it's got to be something. Wait, I just, did you avoid the thing that killed you? Give me a second. Okay, I walk sorry, outside. Sorry, 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 sorry. I walk outside and I like, look, I like do like the thing where I do the juke and I see a bullet just smash into oh, the window. Jesus. And I'm like, fuck. Okay. And there's a guy, on, it's like a shooter. And I just see him running away. I'm like, I'm going to get that guy. So I'm like, jump out on the street, kind of go after him. Bam, I get hit by a car. Okay. So this 
this happens over and over and right. over again as I lose various pieces of clothes. You can always get it right. And finally, I track down my killer. And it seems like the guy I was the guy I was running away. I slowly find out that the person who's killing me over and over again is an assa a temporal assassin sent from by you know, let's say future you okay. and um, <laughs> to kill enough. me. But as, every time he kills me, he gets a piece of my clothes. <laughs> oh, okay. so I can't believe you would spoil the second season of Russian <laughs> Doll like this. <laughs> So he, yeah, he gets he gets a piece of my clothes. So he starts out naked, and I start out fully clothed. And he gets about half naked, and I get about half fully clothed. Because it's it's about it's a good song. So when I finally track this guy down, it is of course Saker, future, right. future Saker. Okay, I, I I was trying to looper you. <laughs> right, you were trying to looper me. You're okay. trying to looper my clothes. Looper your clothes. You've always been jealous of my fashion. I love that shirt you got on that sweet labyrinth shirt. Oh, oh yeah, it's it. good. It's good. Well, it's not just labyrinth. It's got all the '80s stuff. Oh, if you right, look really close in there. Oh, I do see Dark Crystal. Yeah, okay. it's all it's all the good stuff. So yeah, and finally we die, uh, arm in arm. Well, actually, my hands around his throat, his knife in my guts. Uh, okay, each half naked. Perfect. So oh. this is two half naked hosts. Romantic. <laughs> two half naked hosts. We die like we die. Like, leave this world like we come into it on, on our birthdays. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Um, this song for me, um, I'm having a normal day, having an average day. The theme song to Kids in the Hall. Oh. Um, so I'm I'm Nuts. just you know going about my day. I go I teach at my school, and I go to the gym, and I drive home to my baby boy and my partner. And, um, I, you know, we eat dinner and then we watch an episode of TV and then I go to sleep, but I'm awoken in the night by a light through my window. And I say, oh, that's weird. And I, I look down on the street and I can't figure out what it is. So I throw on some clothes. I, I throw on pants and a shirt and I walk down to see what could be doing this. And it's some man on the street. Uh, and he's got this uh, sort of like uh, rainbow six headset on that's like the three <laughs> eyeballs and it's glowing. And he was looking at and he says, I have something I want to show you. And I say, okay, what, what is this about? Can you tell me? And he says, come with me. And we walk to a nearby baseball field and we stand on the pitcher's mound. And he lifts up the, uh, the, 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 the plate and there's a button underneath it. He presses it and the pitcher's mound depresses and we start going into an underground layer. And I say, sir, I I'm, I'm fully clothed and I know that I like this song more than that. And he says, just wait for it. <laughs> and we get down to this place and there's all these like chambers and they're filled with this dry ice smoke and I can't see inside. But just like Castle Page before me, he presses a button and one of the chambers depresses and it's me. Oh my God, it's a clone of me. I'm totally <laughs> naked. And he says, they've been making armies with just you just over and you. over, just naked you. And I said, we, we can't, we can't do this. And I say, he says, oh, you know, yeah, you're right. We can't have unjust war in this world fought with clones. I said, no, 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 no. He just, we can't go out there naked. That's embarrassing. Even my humility's humiliated. And I take a thimble and I put it <laughs> over the tip of his dick. This song for me... <laughs> Oh my god. Is naked except for a thimble on the tip of the dick. That is my rating for this song. Marn, if you would, why don't we go ahead and get you right now? Uh this song is like having an evening out with your girlfriend, going home, and then when you both strip down to your underwear, she reveals that the whole time she's been ten thousand cockroaches in a skin suit. <laughs> so naked, but also you hate it. Yeah. <laughs> all right good deal uh all right caitlin um oh man y'all were so creative i was just like what amount of <laughs> is accurate? we do we launched this in our guests and i do feel bad you do not have to create a story 
We're just a we're real deep in this. Yeah, we are. <laughs> um, I just I feel like the appropriate amount of clothing is like shorts and a sports bra. You know, like it's not it's not naky. It's like socially acceptable, <laughs> but like. There could be more, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. Especially like if I feel like it's like that, but in like a like a not like a sporty way. Like they're not going to the gym; they're just fucking chilling, and that's a little bit weird. Sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what I'm gonna go okay. with. Jory, uh, I would say uh, it's like you go to a hotel with a swimming pool, and your room is on the top floor, and you get in the elevator, and there's a dad in there who's <laughs> just in his swimming trunks. He's doing the like. <laughs> The hotel equivalent of manspreading, where it's like, <laughs> it's uncomfortable that you're standing in here shirtless, but it's not, it's socially acceptable, but couldn't you have just worn a shirt till you got down to the pool room, <laughs> just to make it less weird for everyone around you? Sure. That's that, so, like, it's socially acceptable, like, semi-nudity, but you, you could cover up a little bit just, just for, like, a yeah. couple minutes. <laughs> just be respectful, man. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Perfect ratings all around. I love it. Thank you three so much for being on the podcast today. What's, uh, is there anything else that you want to plug? Uh, Caitlin, what do you want to plug? Um, I want to plug my video game website. It is called uppercut and we do a lot of video game crit and podcasts and stuff like that. And it's super queer and, uh, trying to be diverse. So, um, yeah, y'all should check that awesome. out. Uppercutcrit.com. Cool. Thank you. Uh, Jory? Uh, I just, any of my three podcasts that I do on here, one's <laughs> weekly, one's once a month, and then one's whenever it's out. Uh, okay. Monthly one, like I said earlier, is about One Piece, and we watch chunks of it at a time. Uh, Thank my God. weekly one is about pro wrestling that I talk about with a friend, Ooh. and we alternate from this has good social commentary to just screaming about how funny it is that the seven foot muscular man likes Sega Saturn or something, even though he probably <laughs> doesn't. <laughs> and then my new release, King of the Hill one, which, like I said earlier, just trying to show everyone that King of the Hill is the best show mm-hmm. in the world. Yeah. yeah, that's. I'm definitely gonna. I'm definitely give that one a listen. Yeah, I'm excited. I love King of the Hill. Evbo, mm-hmm. we can be. I signed up to be on an episode of season two, not to spoil anything. So if you want to be on it as well, just let me know. <laughs> love to. Okay. And we'll rate it on how naked uh, Hank is. It's gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> Hank is never naked. That's true. He would be very uncomfortable. Marn. Um, my girlfriend and I write a web novel that updates Fridays. It's a post-apocalyptic action adventure. Uh, also, Weird West. It's about like gay oh. cowboys in the post-apocalyptic United States. Um, we almost have a hundred thousand words written. Uh, oh, and wow. it's all free and you can find it at prairie Very cool. All right. Well, thank you all so much yes, for being on today. You. We appreciate it. Hell yeah. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Thank you for having us. <laughs> Talk to you later. All right. Hey, Evan. Hi. What have you been thinking? I think they could hear a smile on the... (laughs) There was a a mouth pop. Let's try it again. Ready? Ready. (laughs) Now we're trying to That's real good radio right there. (laughs) I wonder if that would would proc people's misophonia. If I... Just a little mouth smile. Why would you want that? No, I'm just wondering if it does. Because chewing does. But the smiling? Yeah. And here's the thing about misophonia. Is it that they're imagining people chewing? Is that like what's happening in their brain that freaks them out? Like just the the sweaty mouth oh, noise? It's kind of a gross noise. I guess. What do you mean you guess? Is that a gross noise? Yes. I think like most mouth noises you make that aren't talking are gross noises. 
What about singing? <laughs> yes, <laughs> singing, singing too. Is music talk. Singing is music. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm prepared to think of a noise. Is kissing a gross noise? I think so. I think if you just had like a, like, play, <laughs> probably not that. <laughs> I'm thinking more like making out. Like you hear like. Just imagine that in your headphones for like <laughs> 10, 10 minutes. Oh, do you think there is like ASMR that's just make out noises? I mean, probably. Probably, on, yeah. Almost certainly. Something like that's everyone. Yeah, I mean, and if that's your thing, more power to you. Sure. Do you think people are... If that's not your thing, also more power to you. Is ASMR relaxing or erotic? I don't um, know. I'm not a tingle brain. Neither am I. Okay. So what do you think people get out of it? Let's not let's, do research let's or ask anyone. Let's, let's just speculate. Uh, I feel it's like it's pleasurable. Okay. You know, like they have those, I imagine those massage things. You ever had those like massage things that are like a little spider? Yeah. It's got a little, yeah. you put them on top of your yeah. head and it just kind of like goes down the side. I feel like that's what ASMR does. Okay. But to your brain. So I guess it could be erotic to some people. Yeah. But I mean, probably just. I feel like almost anything could be erotic to some people. You know, it takes all types. We get all, oh, all the people can get off on whatever they want to get Did off. It see? isn't hurting anyone else did you see mark ronson bruno mars's producer mm. or collaborator came out came out as mm. sapia sexual and that's loves, you can, he likes loves. he has to fall in love with people's brains before oh. their bodies <laughs> he's only ever been oh. married to models i think <laughs> but well, they're probably very very smart models yeah is sapiosexual something you have to come out as, or is that kind of the norm? I guess not. I don't think so. I think that. So he that, just doesn't like. Yeah, I feel have like sex. Humani- humanity like is distressingly, you know, physically focused, right? Sure. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, well, because so. I don't know. Doesn't there have to? I guess there doesn't have to be some sort of physical attraction. Um, no. I don't. Could you ever? Could you ever long term be in a relationship with someone you weren't physically attracted to as a? Person. I don't think so, but that's, I don't think, I mean, I feel like it's possible mm-hmm. if they were really a great person, but it'd be, it'd be real hard. It'd be something right. that I have to kind of like overcome, sure. especially, I feel like I like to think I'm a good enough person that I could, but you know what? I don't, I, I, I've never been in that situation. <laughs> I don't know if it's a matter of being a good enough person, right? Well, it's just like, the way your brain is wired. Well, to, you can, like, I feel like we have a singular ability as human beings, as sapient beings to like rewire, rewire and overlook, you know, biological software. Sure. Right? We can reprogram ourselves. I hope. Sure. You know, otherwise we're stuck with racism and sexism and shit sure. forever, like, which is I, what I don't want. Sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're right. But I mean, there, there is a certain level of, I mean, obviously there's a certain level of biological wiring. Like you like what you like, right? right. Like, and that's fundamentally, you know, immutable. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. actually it is. It no, is, it's not. It is mutable based on culture, right? Because like, you know homosexuality and bisexuality is way more common nowadays but you're also talking it's more about accepted in culture and it's more like in ancient greece it was far more accepted sure. and so but you're talking about rewiring your brain yes so if i don't have a foot fetish do you think i could force myself i have no idea to you wire know? my brain to being like feet sexy feet good i feel like you could do some operant conditioning to sure, like try some skinner and skinner shit yeah okay. like put yourself in a little box and like zap yourself <laughs> with like a whatever i think about anything but feet yes so feet are the only things yeah, that I can I don't think know. of. I like, I don't know much about like sexual rewiring. Sure. I know that there is some. Oh and yeah. I don't want to I I mean, get conversion. I know. I mean, I know shit. there's there's like, I, I don't want like conversion therapy is separate from like people like say you say you're a, a pedophile right. and you don't want to like kids. Like I feel like that's a that's sort of you can that's a positive thing you want to like try and rewire your brain. But like I don't know if you're gay or, or oh no, I'm, like I'm, that. Yeah. I'm not like, saying so it's I feel, a positive. Yeah, at I feel all, like there's yeah. two. I feel like there's lots of different avenues that can go down. Sure. 
And you know what? As a straight cis white guy, I don't feel like I can really comment on this too much more. <laughs> well, we're just you're real digging. You're real well, digging deep into my my limited. I'm very curious. I'd, I'd much. I'd rather try to hear about somebody who's thought about it more and is smarter than me has to say about it. Do you want to hear about two people who think about things quite a bit? Yes, please. Well, that would be Andrew and Marn. Andrew and Marn have a podcast called Argonauts. In like the Argonauts chasing the Argonauts? Andrew tries his best to solve ARGs, alternate reality games. Marn tells him what he should have done instead. So these two go back and uh-huh. Marn like picks up like ARGs from like 2008, 9, 10. Okay, so. Like shit where none way of it exists later than anymore. Okay, yeah. yeah. And Andrew tries to solve it <laughs> using the very limited resources at his disposal when like half of the websites don't exist anymore. Huh. It's a very fun podcast. That I am a, like fan a lot of, of fun. Podcasts. Well, you are a puzzle boy. I am a puzzle boy. I'm a riddle boy. I'm an, I love ARGs so much. And this podcast delighted me. Uh, and this is one of the few. Listen, no shade at all on our previous podcast network but I don't know that I ever listened to anything on that network I listened to a bunch of them you did Squanch Smanchers Miriam McCab Ruby Brules yep what Syndicated Nightmares uh, I like Syndicated Nightmares <laughs> did you? <laughs> okay I like the Argonauts podcast we're not doing Squanch Smanchers anymore I like Squanch Smanchers no, we should Smanchers. we can still advertise yeah. for Squanch Smanchers I think um, I mean, do we ever really advertise for them? do we ever <laughs> I mean, even say their name right one single time? <laughs> I believe in the end I forced us to yes <laughs> Um, so should we call things on this network the wrong names? Ooh. Like Bargonauts and uh, Booger Butts. I got nothing. I don't. <laughs> I don't want to I'm giving Saker a very judgmental look right now. Let me describe <laughs> that to you. Um, One eyebrow raised. I'm burying my upper teeth. <laughs> got a little wrinkle in my nose. Yeah, it's real wrinkly. Yeah. You need to fix your fucking nose, buddy. Uh, yeah, people have some great things to say. A great in-depth history of different ARGs. If you don't care about ARGs or Crazy Puzzle, the weird fun stories told by them are still worth the listen. The hosts do great research and are very entertaining. That's Funny Dubber on iTunes said that. We're reading other people's iTunes reviews now. <laughs> I got tired of us not having any more reviews to read. Funny Dubber, thanks for the review <laughs> of a podcast that's not ours. And Bo, you tired? You want to go bed? I like, I like it. Okay. You can check us out, theorangegroves.com. You could uh, go to patreon.com slash theorangegroves to give the Orange Groves money to help IABD stay in business. That's us. Uh, and join the Discord. Uh, you can check the show notes for the Discord. Talk to us. I'm always on the Discord all the time. He never leaves it. I talk. I like to talk He's to people. He's got a digital persona. I do. I call him Saker, except Saker is spelled with an A-I instead of just an A. <laughs> Saker. And there's, instead of an E, it's a Y. Yes. And, and instead there's of an three R's. R, it's three R's. six. Yeah. Is it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a silent six, though. Saker. <laughs> That's how I pronounce it. Anyway, bye. Bye. Welcome back to It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. Right now is the time when we span that bagwell and figure out what our extra segment is going to be today. Come on now, now. Come, Come on, on now, now, now. Enjoy the humor of the situation. Find a line from the song and treat it as a riddle. <laughs> What's the hypothetical answer okay. to that riddle? All right. I believe this is one of yours and you roll your eyes yeah, every I time. Was- I don't know. I don't come up with these. I don't actually think about doing them when I come up with them. <laughs> They're a lot of fun. I like it. Um, um, everything it's yet to break is surely bending. What's the question? 
That's like one of those, like, what is, like, what am I? Oh, oh yeah. okay, okay, so, okay. Everything it's yet to break is surely bending. Every vow it's ever taken is just pretending. What is it? Oh, boy. Okay. So it never tells the truth, and um, it bends instead of breaks. So what never tells the truth and never really breaks? <gasps> the giving tree. <laughs> <laughs> because at the end, it says it's going to stay with the child forever. And at the end, it was chopped down in order to whatever fucking build it. So I guess it's staying with him forever, but it's not sentient. It's dead. Um, they still a stump. They just like sit as an old man together. But it's not. It's no longer sentient. It still talks to him. Does it at yeah. the end? Yeah. Ah, shit. Yeah. So it's not the giving tree. Oh, is it the buddy. whomping willow? <laughs> the whomping willow. It might be the whomping willow. <laughs> whomping willow, famous liar. <laughs> Can never tell the truth. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean. And it never breaks it never breaks it does bend in and it, fact and it, that's, br- it breaks things that's its characteristic oh sure 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 um does it take any vows why did the whomping willow exist because the wizarding world is a nightmare world <laughs> right Remember? truly like, truly is like the wizards could have presumably cut it down uh-huh and not had it <laughs> students be, murdered be yeah. right outside their <laughs> castle but you know they pre- preferred not to <laughs> i don't know i like to think of it like you know, wizards consider themselves, wizards have sort of a certain level of arrogance about themselves yeah. and their profession. And, you know, anyone who gets killed by the Whomping Willow, I mean, because wizards, wizards are sort of like a libertarian paradise, right? We've <laughs> talked about this before, where like literally everyone has a gun and yeah. you're, able, you're able within the context of your own self to like do anything. Famous wizard. Ayn Rand. I, I mean, she, she was a... She may have been a grand wizard now that I think about it. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest here. But go ahead. I, that's pretty oh, much that all was I, the, the, the end of I got. I mean, Yeah, so they're responding. I mean, they, they've got the trappings of like a uh, society, right? They're right. Like a, um, a democratic society. Like, like sure. Like and and everything like that. But I mean, ostensibly, like you can teleport anywhere and like catch a dragon. Right. And like turn into a cat. But like, I'm saying. How do you police that? I'm saying. Did, what, was the Whomping Willow, did it just grow or did someone enchant it or it was never explained? Yeah. I. I'm sure it's not, in the Omake. Not in the book, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I'm sure that J.K. Rowling has had like a, a, a tweet string about it. Sure, where, yeah. Uh, the Whomping Willow <laughs> is actually... When a wizard shat, he teleported <laughs> it to a tree and it, they Did made it. that where the, the one that she said where they just shit in place? Yes. Oh my God, they and shit in disappear, disappear their shit. Oh, fucking... But why wouldn't you? Famous transphobe J.K. Rowling. Yeah, yeah. Problematic author J.K. Rowling. Oh, buddy boy. But it's true. Oh, separating art from artist is so fucking important. Because yeah. every time I hear somebody talk about Harry Potter now, I want to be like, "Did you know that she's a piece of shit?" Yeah, but you. I mean, you can you can say that, and you should say yes, that. You should definitely. But you call can out. still enjoy Harry Potter, right? I mean, it's just hard to enjoy. Bad Harry Potter. people can still put good stuff into the world, which is really hard to wrap your head around. Yeah, that sucks to think about. Like I don't know. Like I it, wish only good people did good. Things. I wish <laughs> the thing is like the problem. I think the thing is nowadays is there are so many people producing art, which is amazing that you can actually be a little bit more choosy about what art you consume and from whom. Like so, you know, there's really good YA novels written by people who aren't shitbags. Yeah, for sure. It's just sad. I mean, the nostalgia is a toxic impulse, which you disagree with. But like, mm. I want to have my son read Ender's Game, for example. Right. But it's a great book. It's a great book. But you're Morrison's right. Got cards, I, there's a, a lot of YA people out there who I could be choosing that aren't fucking homophobes. Right. So, but I do want him to read Ender's Game because it's real good. Yeah. But so it's hard. You're right. Yeah. And that's I mean, why nostalgia that's is a toxic is like, impulse. The art is the artist in a certain degree the artist, but it also isn't like because you know. <laughs> 
Stephen Page writes about all these characters that are like incredibly toxic and so does ed to a certain degree but that doesn't necessarily mean every shitty boyfriend in the song is something that steven page has literally done right so you can you know you can separate you can pull yourself i mean obviously art comes from a person and a place and a time but it can also be somewhat separate from those things so i don't know i can i feel like when jk rowling is dead and forgotten and like Oh, people are arguing about whether her bust should be the World <laughs> Fantasy Award thing or not. <laughs> That's like a Confederate general statue yes. now. People are like, well, I mean, literally, they had the argument about H.P. Lovecraft's. Uh, oh, they did. Yeah, and I agree that he, we shouldn't. The flag bearer for you know horror and stuff shouldn't be a noted racist. Hey, here's a fucking hot take. H.P. Lovecraft's stories suck they're boring they are bad i tried real they're, hard one summer to get into them they are an acquired taste and they are bad yeah uh like mo- like modern compared to compared to modern stories right you know i guess i mean i have no context but he added he added to and i don't want to like start a fucking horror panel here and, right like, like horror in the modern context but like he added a lot to the genre i understand that like, his he relevance is, he, he is incredibly relevant to the horror genre as a person yeah big piece of shit should we have a fucking award with his face on it no no we shouldn't (laughs) right yeah when even if he's influential yeah yeah, again we have a lot of influential horror right octavia butler for instance who you know isn't a piece of uh wasn't a piece of garbage and wrote terrifying fiction wasn't did she become oh she's dead she's dead i understand what you're saying okay (laughs) i was like oh no (laughs) i don't know this person but (laughs) they did something bad hey ev yeah when your comfort and community is obliterated, who's your only friend? Uh, God, I almost want to say like... God, great uh, answer. Uh, uh, <laughs> Reddit. Reddit. <laughs> 4chan. Uh-huh. Uh, they become your new community. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They are community builders, right? Yeah. Humans are community builders by... By stock, their very nature. Stock and trade, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Most of us. Most of us. Aren't. So that's your answer is 4chan? 4chan. <laughs> because, I mean... If you're, t- well, I, I could say, I could, t- I took that in a really bad way, but I could also take no, it in, like, I, a, in a, posi- like it. a positive way too, like where like you're, sur- the internet, I guess would be the answer to that. Sure. So you form your own community on the internet, sure. surrounded by like people like, yeah. that's, that's one of the beauties of the internet. So yeah. You can find like-minded people. One of the best and worst things about the internet. Yeah. <laughs> if you're a shitty person, you can find other shitty people. Do you want to do one- shitty people find you. Yeah. Let's do one more round. Uh, shall we? Who can always get it right next time? Ooh. Um, God. Okay. God could have been your answer to both. When your comfort and community is obliterated, or Jesus, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, (laughs) Jesus and the Christ. I was, I was just about to. Uh, Evan and I were driving somewhere yesterday, dear listeners, and a car tried to merge into my lane. Evan was speaking with an Irish accent at the time for some reason, telling me a story, and when the car almost pulled into our lane, he said, "Oh, the Jesus and the Christ." Oh, it's just, it just a gut reaction. Oh, Jesus, I oh guess they're God. separate. You know, like the God, and the uh, God, the Father, the Holy Spirit. Yeah. like they're all separate. Like, why can't Jesus and Christ the be Jesus, different people? Yeah, the Jesus is for the Father. The H is for the, the Jesus is the little boy that was born. The Christ is what he becomes as a man. I guess. Sure. I don't know. Yeah, I've forgotten a lot of my early Catholic Catholic catechisms. <laughs> uh, you go ahead. Ask me one more. Okay. What can you count on to mess up? What can you count on to all oh, to let you down again? What can I count on to mess up and to let me down again? again so sure. Gravity. <laughs> Gravity will always let me down. And when I'm holding a jar of spaghetti sauce... If I let it down, gravity will make a mess up. Mess you up. (laughs) It'll mess you right up. Land on your toe. Ooh, so gravity plus spaghetti sauce is the answer to this question. (laughs) 
What a great segment. Gravetti. <laughs> yeah, Gravetti. Jimmy Gravetti. <laughs> you know him. He's, I'm from Jimmy Gravetti's RVs. <laughs> By a Chrysler from me. By a Chrysler RV? Chrysler RV, top of the line. Are Chrysler's even a thing anymore? Hey, Jimmy Gravetti's got them in stock. 2004 Chrysler's. <laughs> New. Fresh off the manufactory. Fresh off the boat. Now's the time in the show when we take a piece of mail from our friends, our fans, our tiny little Muppets. Today, oh, uh, if you want to, boy, why do I always forget to have people email us? If you want to email us, you can feel free to do so. Um, our email address is it's all been done podcast at gmail.com. We've got an email today. Hmm. Unlike any other. I fucked up and pulled up an email that we already did before. Unlike any other, an email that will shake the very foundation of our podcast and leave us questioning who we really are and what are we doing in this world. <laughs> I was going to cut all this, but now I might keep it because that was great. We have an email today from Heather. Heather. Uh, yes, Heather. The title is BNL with a bunch of exclamation <laughs> points. Hi, longtime listener, first time caller. Hi, Heather. A few episodes ago, you mentioned that you could see the statistics of people who don't make it to the end of your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a mistake. The last 45 to 60 seconds are amazing. Can you tell me more about that song? So presumably the piano version. Yes, the only <laughs> professional part of our podcast. Yep. Uh, that is, when we were about to do this, I knew we needed a theme song. So I commissioned somebody on Fiverr, which is the, I, I mean, it's before I really thought about the gig economy yeah. a lot this year. Fiverr is a cancer. Um, it reduces people to doing terrible things for $5 to make ends meet. But God damn, that dude was talented. Yeah. <laughs> like, fucking awesome. He also did our, like, down with the sickness piano version. Yeah, I hesitated to say that because we did that within the last, like, two months, even uh, after I knew that Fiverr was <laughs> a kid. But here's the thing. should have just paid him, like, ten times as much. Yeah, I... I I don't want to spend money on this podcast. I bought all the equipment. Uh, hey, we bought all the equipment. I yes. paid for half of it. Yes, that's true. Yeah, we bought all the equipment. We paid for hosting costs for a long time. I'm comfortable with giving people... You're comfortable with, uh, you know, devaluing oh, artists' time. I and... don't want to devalue art. Anyway, it's... <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, now I feel horrible. Heather, go on Fiverr. Give, uh, him the, give, them, give them his name. and Yeah, so the guy's name on Fiverr is Piano Buddy. All one word, Piano Buddy. Uh, he did great work. Thank you, Piano Buddy, for our... Uh, and originally, in the pilot episodes for this show, which maybe you'll hear one day, it was the opening song and the closing song. Mm -hmm. And 90% of the feedback I got was that it sucks as an opening song. Yeah. So I wrote my little 18-second ditty in whatever garage band for free. You um, devalued your own art. I devalued my own art. Uh, she also says, also, since you're probably a few songs into Everything to Everyone by now, I wanted to make sure that you were aware of this album. It's part of one of my favorite genres, bluegrass covers of pop songs. Oh, if you've yeah. never experienced this, it, you're in for a treat. It was released in 2006, so it includes a couple of ETE songs. Uh, and she included a picture of the album, which is called Pinch My Bluegrass, a bluegrass tribute to Naked Ladies. Oh, cool. Uh, it's got, uh, if I had a million dollars, pinch me, be my Yoko Ono one week, light up my room, all sorts of good stuff on it. I might buy that I later do today. love bluegrass tributes i'd have oh, the yeah. uh, i have all the like the 80s and 90s song bluegrass so cover albums yeah. i i have a bluegrass tribute to radiohead that's yeah. one of my favorite albums i think land down under is my favorite bluegrass song so great then she says since most of the emails you read include a ridiculous question <laughs> yeah. if each of the boys were to replace the lead actor in a hollywood blockbuster which movie would it be and how would it change the plot thank you for being amazing Ooh. heather 
Okay. Let's so, go back and forth. Ro- uh, Ed Robertson, definitely a leading man. I see him like a Will Smith character. Oh, can we please? I'm sorry to interrupt. Can we do... <laughs> Your lips are so first. But wouldn't Stephen Ed in Face Off be amazing? <laughs> oh, God, yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Stephen Ed in Face Off. I, I redeemed off. myself. Yeah, Stephen Ed in Face Off. Sure. And how would it change the plot? I don't think it would at all. <laughs> I well, who's, who's John Travolta? Who's Nick Cage? Uh, oh, I feel I, like Steve is Nick Cage. I, uh, oh, I was going to go the other way. Because like Nick Cage in that movie is... As always, like chew, manic, just sort of chewing the scenery. Yeah, energy. And John Travolta's a little bit more subdued. Okay. All right, I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with not, you. Not saying John Travolta's subdued in any way, yeah. but like compared to Nick Cage. Sure. <laughs> yes, there's a definite energy yeah. shift there. Yeah. yeah, I could totally see that. Okay, so they are in Face Off. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'd be curious to see because, I mean, obviously Nick Cage and John Travolta kind of knew each other mm-hmm. and were acting together, but like with all the history between mm-hmm. Ed and Steve, like. <laughs> all the ticks and shit that they sure. could put into the performance to make them look oh, like each other. Man. Oh, that would be so great. Holy shit. Um, yeah. I don't know. Would, would the plot change at all though? I mean, would they be like disputing rights for songs? Could this be after the breakup? Uh, that Steve kidnaps Ed and swaps his face to try and get the Big Bang Theory yeah, royalty money. <laughs> Something like that. Okay. Good. Good. All right. You can uh, do the next one. Okay. Oh, Okay. Since you stole that one from me, I guess I will do another one. Okay, uh, I'll do okay, one. No, I got it. Um, <laughs> Jim Cregan uh-huh. in Johnny Depp's role in Edward Scissorhands. Oh, that that is equally good for Jim or Kevin. Or I could see um, I could see Jim Cregan in like any Doug Jones role. Like uh, Doug, Doug Jones. Jones is like that. That he's famous for like he was uh, in Abe Sapien in. Uh, um, oh, okay. Watch him. Hellboy. Hellboy. He was in like. What's that? Hocus Pocus as oh. the zombie. He's just like famous for. He's in the new Star Trek Discovery as like the alien. He's just like a tall sort of lanky dude okay. who looks real like alien. He can move in really alien ways. Okay. And I think that Jim is a tall lanky dude. And oh, I, I feel like, like I, Jim's the kind of guy I feel like could like disjoint all of his limbs and yeah. crawl around like a spider. So I feel like he would. Yeah. But I want to see him in Edward Scissorhands because I feel like that is artsy enough for Jim. Sure. Like, I think there's a lot of Tim Burton movies that Jim would excel in. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. Coraline, if he did like a voice in there or if they modeled the dad after Jim, Jim? with his button oh, eyes. Yeah. Like, that's a cute idea. Yeah, I could see Jim dancing atop tombstones. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Cavorting. Gav- c- Cavorting, yes. Um, I will take Ty. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that Ty would be great as uh, the Chris Farley role in Tommy Boy. <laughs> That's where <laughs> I see him. Maybe even with Kevin, the David Spade role. Ty, you gotta stop. Ty. <laughs> He's like m- ripping things off the desk, and uh, him doing fat guy in a little coat would be great. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I can see a Ty Kev double yeah. feature. I think they're fun together. Yeah, they're a dynamic that we don't really explore a lot on this podcast. Um, but I think they would be a cute couple. <laughs> I ship them. I could definitely see Kev in like one of those, like a mumblecore movie, mm. like a shoegazing mumblecore. Duplass. Yeah, sort Duplass of Brothers. Jam. But I think he'd do better in, cut this place. Who's the guy who did like Moonrise Kingdom and, uh, Oh, Wes Anderson. I see, I see, I definitely see Kev as the lead character in like a Wes Anderson movie. Oh yeah. Like very twee sort yes, of. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, Allow me to take you back to the 1940s when I was uh, oh yeah he was is peddling ether in southern <laughs> southern Berlin. I could see him as any of the royal Tenenbaums. Yes, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Oh man, that is such a good role for him. Yeah, yeah. All right, 
Uh, he's like sure. the other the other Wilson brother. Yeah, like yeah. Owen Wilson, <laughs> Luke Wilson, and then Cav Wilson. Wilson. Oh wow. <laughs> um, do we include Andy? Yeah, hell in yeah. absentia. Andy would be in a student film. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Like a student film oh, that made it. You big. know what? Have you ever seen any Shane Carruth movies? Uh, not that I know of. Okay, I Shane Carruth did um, Upstream Color, Primer. Mm-mm. You've seen? You haven't seen Primer? No, I don't think so. It's a time travel movie. Oh, great. I love time travel. Do you or do you? No, I do not like time travel movies. fuck. I fucking love a time travel movie. Of course you do. Oh, it's a puzzle and a riddle. (laughs) Um, Yeah, time travel movies are great. And uh, so, yeah, but they're very, very low budget. Mm -hmm. Very sort of like (laughs) in Primer, which was his first real big budget film Mm -hmm. in big quotes. uh, There's one take where... he, you can hear him whisper cut at the end because they only had like, <laughs> they, that's how low budget it is. Um, yeah. Okay. We did it. Heather. Heather. Write us more often. We love you. Yes. Thank you so much for the letter. Appreciative. I am. Appreciate it. And that's it. Heavy boy. Hey. We got it right this time. Lift this time. Your, leave your hands in the air. And don't bring them down or put them anywhere because this show's about to be over. We don't need it next time, but you know what? We'll do it. I'll take a million next times. No, I'll take like a hundred, <laughs> maybe more. However many songs there are. A hundred is probably a realistic. Mm-hmm. Six albums left, plus a few on this one, times 12, 12 tracks per 12, album. 13, yeah. So that's 72 plus like six more on here. So like we have 80 songs left, I'd say. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of <laughs> I mean, at least it isn't 901 piece episodes, Ugh. but you know. Yikes. Sorry, Joe and Jory, to you folks. Um, hey, they seem to enjoy it. Yeah, uh, an episode a month is a very leisurely pace. Like, mm-hmm. if you're going to cover One Piece, chill out. <laughs> like, you want to cover One Piece, you want to make sure you die before you finish. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, you can get with us on Facebook. Uh, it's all been done in Medical Ladies Podcast. I believe you can just type facebook.com. So, yeah, they're definitely going to die pod. before they finish. Because, oh, like, 900 months? Well, 100, yeah, 120. So, 120 is, what, 10 years? Yeah. So that's like yeah, they're, they're 40, 50 years of episodes. They're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, buddies. <laughs> um, and uh, you can get with us on Twitter at Bin Done Pod. Uh, and also join us on the Orange Groves Discord. Talk about the show every week. We would love to talk to you, or at least I would. Evan doesn't have a phone. <laughs> he cannot contact anyone. <laughs> Evan, we were in a supermarket the other day, and you left your phone in my car, and I wasn't where I was when you went to the bathroom. Yes. And like a child, you assumed that your mommy was gone. <laughs> well, I was. I was. I thought like because I'd come out of the bathroom and I looked around. I'm like, Saker's not here. I don't have my phone. I'm an hour and a half from my house. Uh, I've got my wallet, so I guess I could live in the grocery store. (laughs) We exclusively shop at grocery stores an hour and a half from our house. (laughs) That's where the good ones are. Yes. Um, Ev, Hmm. what do you got to plug? Grocery Grocery stores. (laughs) Nice. Specifically, Jungle Gyms Gyms in Cincinnati, Cincinnati, Ohio. Biggest grocery store I've ever been in. It's a dream. You gotta go. A nightmare. It's both a dream and a nightmare. Nightmare. Award-winning bathrooms. Uh, You had about three drinks at their bar yeah. <laughs> there's a bar inside the they grocery have the store. best bar it's like their bar was fucking great you can get like beers that you would pay 10 15 dollars for like in, even in a bottle for yeah. three dollars it's cool as hell jungle yeah. gyms everybody go to jungle gyms let's organize and it's all been done meetup at jungle gyms groceries if you're buying drinks underneath the lucky charms uh band <laughs> <laughs> if you're buying drinks i will let you drive me to jungle gyms great okay i'm in i'm saker i'm evan and we'll see you again in one week.
Hi everyone, I'm Andrew. Hi, I'm Marn. This is the Argonauts Podcast. Each week, I'm going to try and solve an old defunct ARG, and Marn's going to tell me what I should have done instead. That's true. Marn, what ARGs have we covered so far? So far, we have covered Spectacular Organic Frog Fractions 2, Sexy Girl Max 2019, and this is my Milwaukee. And that list is only going to continue to grow. Yep. Come check us out every other Thursday on the Orange Groves Network. And you can find us at argonautspod.com. Argonautspod.com.